Hi everybody, hi church, hi SIBKL. Oh, it's such an honor, it's such a privilege to be able to bring the Word of God into your homes, into your hearts this morning. I just, before we start, I just want to say, hey, wherever you are in your homes, can you just say aloud, Amen. Just say aloud, Amen. God, I'm ready to receive your Word, God. Say, Amen. I'm ready to receive your word, God. Let our hearts be fertile soil to receive whatever God wants to say to us uh, this morning. Guess what? We are in the end of November. This is the, um, this week will be the last time Zechariah will be preached uh, uh, in our pulpit series. So it is a great privilege to be able to conclude the book of Zechariah. Uh, we're landing on Zechariah 8 today, but I also want to remind everybody that we started this year with the book of Haggai. We moved on to Ezra. We moved on to Nehemiah. Then we're, we're landing now on Zechariah. We're ending now on Zechariah, and it's going to be December. 2020 is one month away from being 2021. Can you believe it? Um, has it not felt like um, 5,000 years have gone by this year? It feels like a, such a long year. But at the end of the day, I'm so glad that uh, we're in the book of Zechariah. And I'm so glad that we're landing in Zechariah 8 today because I've prayed long and hard about Zechariah 8. And I've always asked, before every sermon I preach, I always ask God, um, what is one word that you want to you, you wanna say to your church. We are your church. We are your people. Speak to us, God, through that one word. And I believe, I'm quite excited for that one word this morning. So if you've got your Bibles before you, if not, handphones. If not, the scripture will come up on screen. Read with me Zechariah chapter 8. Is that all right, everybody? Are we ready? Whoever you are at home, are we ready? Zechariah chapter 8 is 23 verses, and I'm going to go through it. Here we go. Verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I'm very jealous for Zion. I'm burning with jealousy for her. And another word for jealousy is zealousness. I'm zealous for Zion. I'm burning with zealousness for her. Verse 3, this is what the Lord says. I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth. And the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with cane in hand because of his age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. This is a picture of peace in Jerusalem, yes? This is what the Lord Almighty says. It may seem marvelous to the remnant of his people at that time, but it will seem, what will it seem marvelous to me, declares the Lord Almighty. Verse 7, this is what the Lord Almighty says, I will save my people from the countries of the east and the west, or I will save my people from the whole world. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful. I will be truthful. I will be righteous to them as their God. Amen. Verse 9, this is what the Lord Almighty says. You who now hear these words, I say it again. You who now hear these words spoken by the prophets who were there when the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord Almighty, let your hands be strong. Ooh, I'll say it again. Let your hands be strong, church, so that the temple may be built. Before that time, there were no wages for man or beast. No one could go about his business safely because of his enemy, for I had turned every man against his neighbor. 
But now, I will not deal with the remnant of this people as I did in the past, declares the Lord Almighty. The seed will grow well. The vine will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops. And the heaven will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people. Verse 13, As you have been an object of cursing among the nations, O Judah, O Israel, so will I save you, and you will be a blessing. Do not be your, do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. I have to say it again. Do not be afraid, church. Let your hands be strong. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Just as I had determined to bring disaster upon you and show no pity when your fathers angered me, says the Lord Almighty. So now I have determined to do good again in Jerusalem and Judah. Do not be afraid. 16, these are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other. Render true and sound judgment in your courts. Do not plot against your neighbor and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this, declares the Lord. Again, the word of the Lord Almighty came to me, me being Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says, the fast of the fourth, the fifth, the seventh, the tenth months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, therefore, church, love truth and peace. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, let us go at once to entreat the Lord, to ask of the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going and many peoples and powerful nations will come into Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat Him. This is what the Lord Almighty says. This is the last verse. Well done, church. In those days, 10 men from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. Isn't that amazing? Before I just start my sermon, can I just say this, this whole last verse of chapter 8 is amazing, this last sentence. People would say to you, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. I, I, I'm just going to pray right now that people are going to say that about you, that people want to follow you. Why? Not because you're great, not because I'm great, not because we are great, but because God is with us. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for this Word of God so beautifully written all those many years ago. But I pray, Father God, that you speak to our hearts right now. Speak to us and give us a word from the Lord. Change our hearts, O oh God. Change our hearts, O oh God. Oh, thank you, Father God. And I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that everybody listening to the word this morning, that people will say of them, oh, we want to follow you. Why? Because we heard that God is with you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I entitled my sermon this morning, What is God Saying Now? What is God saying now? We've been through 2020. We've been through Haggai, Ezra, and Nehemiah. We're now at the end of Zechariah. And with all these four books and with the whole 2020 and everything that has happened in this year, before we move into December, I want to ask, what is God saying now?
What is God saying to you now? What is God saying to me now? What is God saying to the church? What is God saying to the world now? And I hope that I heard God correctly. But before I move on to my sermon, I'd like to ask everybody um, three questions. All right, so I'm gonna ask a question, uh, or more like I'm gonna say a word, and then I'm gonna give you five seconds to think. So I'm not gonna say in five seconds, I'm gonna give you a word, and in that five seconds, I want you to think of every single thing that you can think of when you think of that word. So for example, if I say cat, what do you think of? You think of fur, cute, um, um, clean, kitty litter, um, company, something like that. So I'm gonna say these words, and then I'm gonna leave some time for you to think. Is that all right? Can you do that with me? All right, ready for the first word? Ready for the first word? Face mask. How do you feel? What are you thinking? I'm gonna say the second word. Lockdown. How do you feel? What are you thinking? And I'll say the third word. Vaccine. How do you feel? What are you thinking? Right? Um, so let me go through it. Um, because there's nobody here in the hall, um, I don't get live feedback from you. So I'm going to assume certain things. And if I assume wrongly, just bear with me, all right? Um, so when I say the word face mask, I've asked certain people and I get, I get the words like new normal, compulsory. I see it everywhere I go. Um, or I hear restrictions. For those who are wearing glasses, I'll hear wearing face mask. It fogs up the glasses, right? Annoying, right? So I also hear words like, oh, it's so hot. Oh, it's so sweaty. Oh, I don't know how to breathe under this face mask. Oh, I hear style. For some people, it's, a, it's not just a, a, a protective wear. It's also a style wear, right? So you've got the white, you've got the black, you've got the gray. Um, sometimes you want to custom make your face mask to have some logo on it or some face on it. Um, so that's the word face mask. What about lockdown? How do you feel when you, when, you, when you see the word lockdown? You see MCO, you see, again, restrictions, you see travel ban, you see when I go to uh, groceries, um, um, I've got certain restrictions. Now I gotta adhere to a lot of SOPs. Now I gotta do my temperature check, do the hand sanitizer, I've gotta scan in the app. There's new normal ones again, right? Um, and all these bans are in place, that's lockdown. That's what I believe everybody feel. But when you tell lockdown to me, here's what I feel, work from home. My two kids are at home. How am I going to work, right? I'm holding a baby, he's screaming, uh, uh, and I've got to take a phone call because it's an emergency phone call. I've got to do some, send an email or something. So I, I, I leave uh, some cheese or some fruits with my son. I says, okay, son, I'm going to give this to you. Don't mess up the place. Daddy needs to take a phone call for two minutes, all right? Enjoy your grape for two minutes or banana, whatever it is, right, I give him. I take the phone call, I look, it just takes 15 seconds for the grape to be all over the floor, um, for the cheese to be all over his face and his hair and, his, and the floor. And I'm like, son, what happened? We had an agreement, son. We, we, the floor is not eating the cheese. You're supposed to eat the cheese. The hair is not eating the cheese. That's what I feel when you say lockdown, um, all these things. Um, what about the word vaccine? How do you feel when you see the word vaccine, right? Um, um, some feel injection. Some will ask, how much will it cost, right? So, uh, people are asking, oh, wow, vaccine, freedom, yes, finally. Some are asking, how long will it take till we can all be vaccinated? And I know some will be asking, which vaccine should I take? Moderna, Moderna, Pfizer, right? Um, 
AstraZeneca, um, um, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, which one should I take? Which one is reliable? How long will it take till it get me? Can I trust this vaccine? That all those emotions start to arise. But whatever it is, today, I have one word that would tie all three words together. And I was, as I was praying about it, God says, face mask, lockdown, vaccine. The word protect comes to mind. The word guard comes to mind. See, we've got all these feelings and great emotions about these three words. But if you boil all these three words down to its core essential, down to its core purpose and value, the face mask was, is designed not to make you hot and sweaty or restrict your movements or give you style. It was designed to protect you from a virus or protect your loved one from a virus. It's designed to protect people who come in close proximity from you from getting what you have or from getting what they have. That's its purpose. What's the purpose of a lockdown? Yes, there's new SOPs and it's restrictive and everything. Yes, I, of course. Of course, that's correct. But it is primarily designed to protect you, to guard the community, not just me now. It guards the community from being infected by an external virus. And if you hear the word vaccine, yes, there's a lot of things that come to your mind, but it is designed to protect not just you, not just your community or your country, but it is designed to protect the world from an external virus. And the word that really comes to me is the word guard. What is God saying now? Guard. Don't forget, in all the busyness of 2020, in all the changes of 2020, in all the new things that has popped up on 2020, in all the stress and craziness 2020 have been, the underlying word should be the word guard. Guard your life. It's found in Zechariah 8, and I hope to be able to um, explain that well today. Now, what does guard mean? When you hear the word guard, how do you feel with the word guard? What does guard mean? Guard basically means to protect something you love, right? To protect something you value, to protect something you cherish. That's the word guard. Otherwise, why would you be guarding it, right? Unless you love it, unless it's of something of value. You protect the diamond because it's valuable. You protect your child because you love your child, right? You protect your home because, hey, you cherish the memories, you cherish your family, you cherish whatever it is that makes a home a home. That's why we guard something. And when God says, in all the things that has happened in 2020, have you forgotten to guard Jesus in your life? Guard your life. Where do I find this in the book of Zechariah? The first point, guard your mind. Guard your mind. It is found in, in four separate verses in the book of Zechariah. I'm going to read it to you. Zechariah 8, chapter 3. Jerusalem will be called the city of truth. In, in verse 8, and I will be their God in truth. Verse 16, speak truth. Judge in truth. Verse 19, therefore, love truth. Guard your mind from all the false truths that is trying to invade you because God is saying, 
there should only be one truth, one true north in your life, one truth, capital T, and that truth is Jesus Christ. Do you know in this whole um, pandemic, in this whole 2020, um, I'm seeing a rise in a world that I've, I've not seen for quite a while since 20, uh, 2003, right? Uh, and if you, if you notice with me, it is this word, infodemic, if you, if you remember, if you've seen it, if you've read it, infodemic, what is it? Um, it's the combination of the word information and epidemic, right? So it's, it, you merge that or it becomes infodemic. Now, what is infodemic? It is this. It is the spread of accurate and inaccurate information. Say it again. It is the spread of accurate and also inaccurate information, the spread of true and false information, facts, fears, conspiracy theories, rumors, all mixed until it becomes very, very difficult, almost, almost impossible to know the real truth. And that's infodemic. And as, and as 2020 is gone, I think, I think all of us would have come across some form of infodemic. Am I not right? You would have come across some form of news that says, hey, there's this conspiracy theories, left, right, center of COVID, right? Um, and I've read the craziest of things, right? Whether it is spawned in a lab or whether it's born in a bat or whether it's, a, it's some biological warfare between countries or whether it's just a very innocent uh, 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 accident, uh, a man, uh, uh, some guy just went somewhere and ate something. We don't know the truth because the truth is bombarding us left, right, center until, until we ask from a point, what is the truth? Which is the truth? We won't know. Right? And what about the vaccine for COVID-19, right? You've been bombarded with left, right, center truth. What about uh, all the political uh, um, chaos in the world today, whether it's our country or whether it's every other country in the world, right? There are so many things going on. What about the WhatsApp forwarded messages that you've been getting? How would, have you ever asked yourself, out of all the WhatsApp video forwards and all the WhatsApp uh, uh, text forwards, how do you know what's true? And how do you know what's false, right? Um, I personally, myself, if, if I were to put myself in this narrative, I would say, you know, earlier this year, we lost a great hero, a hero of mine and a hero of a lot of people, Ravi Zachariah, right? We lost him. And in that last three weeks leading up to his um, going to see the Lord again, um, I remember getting blasted with, 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 with truths about Ravi Zachariah is dead. And then I realized, no, he's, he's not. He's just sick. He's in the hospital. Uh, but, but this guy just kind of wanted to uh, create some, some sort of uh, a narrative of his own. And then the next week, I get, again, I hear Ravi Zachariah passed away. And the next week, again, I hear Ravi Zachariah passed away. I think in my life, in this, in this 2020, I think he has passed away like five times before he actually really did pass away. And sometimes I look at all these forwarded texts and videos. I ask myself, how do I know what is true and what is not? Until I go back to the main source. His, his website or his family, and I go, okay, he's still around. I want to ask you, with all this going on, how do you know what's true in your life? As we progress in humanity, and information is disseminated just like that. On a WhatsApp text, I can text something to you, and I, say, I can say something totally crazy, like aliens have invaded KL and it could be forwarded to a million people in five seconds. And you wouldn't know whether it's true or whether it's not. Or I, could, I could record a video 
I could say something totally absurd, like aliens have landed in Kuala Lumpur, and I could disseminate it over WhatsApp. How would you know whether it's true or not? And that's the, one of the tactics of the enemies in 2020. Because the enemy will always try to distract you from the actual truth, capital T, that is Jesus Christ. If we do not guard our minds, we need to guard our minds so jealously, so zealously to say that whatever the world throws at me, yes, but there's only one truth that I will hold dear in my life. The truth that Jesus is my Lord. Do you know in Zechariah 8, when they were building the temple of Jerusalem, or should I say rebuilding the temple of Jerusalem, the enemy tried to undermine the authority of the leaders building that temple. The enemy came up against them and said, you have no authority to build this temple. Who gave you the authority to build this temple? You need to stop building because nobody gave you that authority. When the truth is the exact opposite, the, the Persian king, did give them authority to rebuild the temple. In fact, he even gave them gifts and gold and silver and, and timber and, and animals to rebuild the temple. But the enemy would always come up with infodemic, with conspiracy theories and, and, and with, with false narratives just to throw you off your game. Remember in the book of uh, um, as, uh, Nehemiah, the, uh, the enemy would say, I'm coming up against you. If you rebuild the walls, I'm coming up to attack you. But it, we know in, in biblical account, there was never an account of any attack. Never. So they did. They built the walls with a shield in one hand, but nobody ever attacked them. But it's good to, it's, it's good to play on the safe side. But this is another tactic of the enemy. The enemy will scare you. The enemy will put fear in your life. The enemy will mock you. The enemy will tell you, you are not the son of, a child of God. The enemy will tell you, you are not loved by God. The enemy will tell you, you are forgotten by God. God has forgotten you. You, you. you are left to rot on your own demise. The enemy will tell you the church of God does not love you. The church of God is a hypocritical church. The church of God is a controversial church. And the enemy will tell you all sorts of crazy things in order to derail you from the truth, the truth that is found in the Word of God, that you are loved by God, that God is still for you, that even though 2020 has hit you very hard, God is still for you. God still have a plan for you. God still holds you in His righteous right hand. God is still your shepherd. God still wants to lead you beside still waters, lead you beside green pastures, lead you in paths of righteousness for His sake. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He is right beside you and He will pluck you up from, uh, from the pit of the miry clay to save you. God will return to you if you return to Him. He will save you and He will dwell with you. That's the truth of God. But have we forgotten? I think sometimes we have. Why? It's not because we purposely forget, but because the enemy comes at us with every angle, whether it's via your phones, via WhatsApp, via Facebook, via, via the gram, or whatever platform you are using in, in, via your phone, via the television, via the media, via... Uh, um, all the series and the movies you're watching uh, uh, during this lockdown via your friends unintentionally, and I'm not condemning anyone here, sometimes we can unintentionally throw somebody off their games via any sort of means possible. And the one means that they always, the enemy always use is you convincing yourself that God does not love you.
He uses you against you. And I'm appealing everybody in this season to guard your minds. Keep your minds saturated all the time with the truth of God. I am precious. I'm wonderfully made by God. Even if I travel to the farthest ends of the earth, there your hand will still guide me. You love me, God. You send your one and only Son to die for me. I may be in the miry clay right now, but your future for me is bright, is good, because you are a good, good Father. Remind yourself of that truth. Guard what is valuable to you. What is valuable? What God says about you. Guard your minds. Leading me to the second point. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. You see, if the, if the, first, the first point is that to guard your mind because the enemy wants to, to rob you of your truth, then the second point must be to guard your heart because the enemy wants to rob you of your holiness, your right standing before God, your righteousness before God. So I want to appeal to you today to guard your heart at every cost. Where do I get it? It's found in two verses in, in, in uh, chapter 8. 8 verse 3, when God returns, when God returns to you, when God returns to Jerusalem, when God returns to earth, He will dwell on His holy mountain. There's a mountain in your life and He who dwells there, His name is Jesus Christ. And when He dwells there, it's a holy mountain. Don't ever forget that. He created you to be in His image, holy and righteous before Him. It's also found in verse 8. They will be my people and I will be their God in truth, guard your minds, in truth and in righteousness or in holiness, in truth and in righteousness. And God is saying this year, what's as important as guarding our minds? It is to guard our hearts. Why do I feel so strongly about this? It is because in 2019 and in 2020, we've all heard news of how famous or some not so famous Christian leaders that have walked away from their faith or our faith. We've heard of Christian leaders, and I will not name any of them by name. We've heard of Christian leaders who have morally fallen in last year and this year, and of course, all the previous years. And I, before I, I move on, I just want to disclaim that I'm not against any of them. I'm not here to pick on them. I'm not here to judge them. We're all humans. We all have our faults and failures. But I want to make a point that it, if we do not guard our hearts, whether we're Christians or not, whether we're big-time celebrity Christians or not, whether we're a preaching Christian or not, if we do not guard our hearts, we will be prime targets susceptible to the attack of the enemy, to discredit our integrity, to discredit our name, to discredit our value, to discredit our purpose, to rob that from us. Because out of our hearts spring the wellness of life. 
out of our hearts spring every word that you say, everything that you desire. And it is, and every time I read news of a fallen leader or a, a leader who's walked away from the faith, it, it, it grieves me. It brings me great sadness because I, now that I've, I've, I've chosen this path in my life, or, or should I say God has chosen this pastoral path for me, I always put myself in the pastor's shoe. I don't want to judge that other leader or pastor, but I always ask, if I were that person, could I have fallen? Could I have also walked away from my faith? And the answer would always be, yes, I am not Jesus. I'm not perfect. If I do not guard my marriage, I could easily fall. If I do not guard my family life, my, my, my children could easily be um, so-called uh, uh, latchkey children, right? They could, be, they could know me as a father, but don't know me as a father. You know what I'm saying? If I don't guard my ministry, I could easily fall into pride and, and arrogance and ego. If I don't guard my own self, I could easily fall into discouragement, uh, depression. I could easily fall into so much stress and I break down. If I don't guard my heart against jealousy and comparison, I could easily look at everybody around me and say, wow, God, you gave this person so much talents and that person so much gifting. What about me, God? And I could easily fall into jealousy and comparison. And, I, and the answer would always be yes. I would be prime target to fall. And that's why as I preach this to you, I'm also preaching to myself to guard your hearts above all else because from it springs the wellness of life. And, and I'm just reminded of this verse from John 14. I'm going to read 26 to 27. If, if, follow me. John 14, 26 to 27. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. That's truth right there. That's guard your minds. Verse 26, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not give. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, God is reminding us in 2020, whatever that has happened, whatever that is going to happen in 2021, God always says, guard your heart. Always check yourself. What is my motivation for doing this? Zechariah 7 and 8 is about the people of Israelites asking the leaders, should I fast? And God answered them, check your hearts. Check your motivations. Because if you are in the right place, then whatever you do is right and righteous before God. But if you're in the wrong place, you could be doing everything right, but it still does not please God. Church, will you take a look at your hearts and ask God, God, will you search me? Know my anxious thoughts. Know my evil desires. Lead me in paths everlasting. Lead me, God. Do you know that we human beings, and I use the word we, because we love to guard everything else but our hearts, right? The first thing we guard, our lifestyle. We love to guard our lifestyle at all costs, right? We, we want to we wanna, uh, portray the best family on Instagram. We want to portray that, hey, we're, we're dressed very trendily on Instagram. We want to portray that, hey, I'm, I might be 55, 
Okay, I'm not, I may be 36, um, but I still have um, the greatest body on Instagram. Hey, check out world, look at me, right? Um, I wanna, I wanna guard my lifestyle. I can afford this, I can drive this car, I can, I can live in this house. Look at me world, I've made it. And we will guard this lifestyle at all costs, at any cost. Whether, it, whether I have to work an extra 12 hours a day just to be able to afford this lifestyle and I neglect everything in this world, including Jesus, I will do it because I want to guard my lifestyle. And Jesus says, you have to make a choice. Guard your lifestyle or guard your heart. And you know, uh, in this life, we love to guard our livelihood, our career. Nothing wrong with that. Everybody needs to have a job. But we will guard it so well that we guard it above all else. My career is my life. My promotion is my life. I must get it. I will get it at all costs. And God is saying, I will give you your career. I want you to succeed in life. But above all else, guard your heart first. Ask yourself, why do you want to succeed? Why? Is it to be closer to God? Or does it draw you away from God? We love to guard our pride and our ego, right? We love to win every argument. And every, every time somebody comes up against you, we want to we wanna argue, we want to fight because it is my ego, because it is my pride. I will, I will guard, I will never say sorry. Even if I'm wrong, even if logically, emotionally, I know I'm wrong, but because I want to guard my pride, I want to guard my ego, I will never apologize. I will never say sorry. And worst of all, I will never forgive you for pointing out the fact that I'm wrong. My pride and ego. And God is asking you today. You have to choose. Guard your pride or guard your heart. And that choice, I leave to you. Nobody can make that decision for you. It's one of the decisions that only you can make that for you. I can't make that decision for you. God can't make that decision for you. Only you can. And God is saying to you today, when you are going to make that decision, remind yourself that God says, I will return to you. And when I do, I will be sitting and resting on my holy mountain. God has created us holy. I'm going to dwell with you in truth and righteousness. And if that is of any value to us, if that is of any importance to us, if that is precious to us, I, I'm appealing everybody today. Will you hold that holiness and that righteousness as valuable and important to you? So important that you will check yourself and guard our hearts because holiness comes in direct contention with the evil desires of our hearts. And God is saying, I'm with you. Fight this battle because the Lord Almighty fights with you. You need to make that decision. Will you? Which leads me to my third point. Guard your minds. Guard your hearts. Guard your soul. Guard your soul. Because God is saying, but it's one of the aspects of our soul, the peace that God has given you. It is found in three places in Zechariah. Verse 10, there was no peace from the enemy. Verse 16, judge in peace. Verse 19, 
Therefore, love truth and peace. God is asking you, will you guard your soul? Let the peace of God reign in your hearts and you have to guard it jealously because the enemy will always come up against you to discourage you, to distract you, and to dissatisfy you from everything in this world. And it is these three pillars that will always rob your peace. You see, back, back when they were rebuilding the temple, the enemy will come up against them to discourage them. You're not good enough. You're just a remnant of people. You don't have enough riches. You don't have enough manpower. You don't have enough protection from the king. You don't have this. You don't have that. And uh, distraction, uh, sorry, discouragement. And if you are discouraged in your life, you can easily fall to depression. Not only that, the enemy will come up to distract you. The enemy would say, you know what? You're still young, young adults. You, you have years ahead of you to build the house of God. But for now, build everything else but. Build your career, build your house, build your own house, build your family, build your relationship, build whatever you want to do, build your hobbies, build your personal interests, build everything else. Everything is a lot more important then God, at this point, the enemy distracts you. And a lot of the time we're distracted, aren't we? In this day and age, if you're anything like me, I can't work with only one computer screen. <laughs> you know me. I've got to work with at least three computer screens, right? I've got this going on here. I've got all the chats going on here. Then I've got all my research going on here. Then I've got my own personal notes going on on this side. Then I've got my phone in front of me. I've got all my WhatsApp messages going in front of me because, hey, I, I, I can't do one thing. I've got to multitask. That's, that's me. That's me. And God always reminds me, you can do that for a lot of things. But when it comes to Jesus, there is no multitasking. Jesus is the only task that you should focus and put your whole heart into. Guard your peace. And the last one, you got to guard your soul, not only from discouragement, not only from distraction, but from dissatisfaction. And that's one of the key areas why we strive so much in our life. Dissatisfaction. God, I'm not satisfied with the status quo. God, I'm not satisfied with my life. I'm not satisfied with my wife. I'm not satisfied with my riches. I'm not satisfied with my house. I'm not satisfied with my church. I'm not satisfied with you, God, all right? I'm not satisfied with anything. God, I want more, I want more, I want this, I want this. And, and it is this dissatisfaction that leads to a lot of discontentment and a lot of, a lot of our anxiety and a lot of our chasing this and chasing this and chasing this. And God is saying this dissatisfaction is robbing you from the peace of God, because we need to find our encouragement in God. We need to find our focus in God, and we need to find our satisfaction in God. And it is these three points that God says, you need to guard jealously, zealously. Where do I find it? It is, it is here. In Zechariah 8, it says, let your hands be strong. It says it twice. Let your hands be strong. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Let your hands be strong. What does that idiom mean in Hebrew? It means do not be discouraged. Do not be distracted. Do not be dissatisfied. Instead, let the work of your hands 
be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Make sure your anchor is in the Lord. Make sure your contentment and your satisfaction is in the Lord. Make sure your focus is in the Lord. Make sure you encourage yourself in the Lord every day because the moment you take your eye off the ball, the enemy will rob you of your peace. And today, God is saying to every single one of you, especially if you feel like in your life you have no peace, you are, whatever it is, you just have no peace. God wants to encourage you today. Let your hands be strong. Don't give up. Don't give up. 2020 is long, but don't give up. Hang in there. Your breakthrough could be around the corner. Your sleepful night instead of a sleepless night could be tonight, could be tomorrow night. Don't give up. Don't let go of Jesus. Let your hands be strong. Guard your soul. Guard your peace so jealously because it is the peace of God that will get you through life. And be, you know, before I end, I want to repeat the three points. Guard our minds, guard our hearts, and guard our soul. Because at the end of the day, the enemy will pick and choose our weakest point, whether it is our minds, whether it is our hearts, or whether it is our soul, to rob us of our life, to rob us of our joy, to rob us of our purpose. And what is God saying to us now? God is saying, I still have a purpose for you. I still have a future for you. I still have so much joy, so much hope for you. But you need to guard it. How do I know? It is found in Zechariah, the pinnacle of the first portion of Zechariah from 1 to 8. Zechariah 8, verse 8. You will be my people and I will be your God. God invokes the covenant language. God is saying, no matter how far you've run, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how distracted you've been, no matter how much you've gone into the world, I am still fighting for you. The whole Zechariah 7 and 8, God uses a description of His name that is the Lord of hosts, the Lord Almighty, the Lord of the heavenly armies. I am still fighting for you. God has not given up on you. So God is asking you, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on Him because God is still with you. God is still for you. God is still fighting for you. God is still with you. You need to return back to Him. You need to guard this truth so jealously. Hold on to it for your dear life. You need to hold on to it more than you wear a face mask. You need to hold on to it more than you believe in the lockdown. You need to hold on to it more than you believe in the vaccine. Because with all of this hangs your life, the abundant life that God has given you. And verse 23, the end of Zechariah 8 says, I am with you. I am with you. Do not be discouraged. Do not fill your minds with crazy rumors and, 
and, and, and theories and everything and all the this truth, that truth, this truth. Don't fill you, your hearts with every evil desires, desires for the things of this world, desires to be famous, rich, desires for all these things. Don't fill your heart. Don't fill your soul with so much discouragement, dissatisfaction and distraction. God is saying, fill your mind with the truth that is Jesus Christ. Fill your heart with the holiness and righteousness that is in Jesus Christ. Fill your soul with the peace of God that is in Jesus Christ. What is God saying to us now? Guard, guard, guard it. Hang on to it for your dear life. Can I just close with a prayer? that if you feel like this word touched you today, I don't want you to just go away or just turn off your computer and say, oh, that's, that's a good word from God. I want you to really take it seriously and look into your life and ask yourself, God, which part of my life do I need to guard? Which part of my life that I've forgotten, I've let go, that I've, I've been so discouraged that I've forgotten, I've, I've, I've let this portion go and God is saying, no, rein it in, bring it back into the house, guard it. So I'm gonna pray for you because if that is you, I want you to know God is still for you. You still have a future. You still have a purpose. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, God can still use you for the glory of His kingdom. You are not useless. You are not worthless. With Jesus, you are useful and you're worth full. And if that is you, I wanna pray for you. But after this, could you just go into our online altar? Because our leaders are there, our pastors are there, and they would love the opportunity to pray with you. Would you raise your hands in worship and close your eyes? Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray, Father God, that in all our troubles, in all our sorrows, in all our suffering, in all our predicaments, in all our issues of life, Father God, I pray that the Word of God will always be true to us. I pray that the righteousness of God will always clothe us. I pray that the peace of God will always reign in our hearts. And I pray that each and every person who is listening in today, Father God, we will guard our lives like our lives dependent on it that our eternal life is dependent on it, that we will hold on to Jesus Christ and never let go, never let go. God, will you help us? God, will you be with us? God, will you give us that strength? We look to you, God. So Father God, I, I pray that you separate us now with your wisdom, with your favor, Father God. Will you watch our going in? Will you watch our families? Would you cover us, us and our families with the blood of Jesus? that no harm can come against us, that no accident can come against us, Father God, because you are with us. We give you glory, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Will you stand up in worship with this last song? God, I look to you. God bless you, church. See you.